This is Living Real Radio. Real issues in real time with your host, John Angotti and Greg Walton. Living Real Radio is brought to you by Closets by Design. Imagine your home totally organized. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 615-261-8700. That's 615-261-8700. Good morning. Welcome to Living Real Radio. John Angotti here with Greg Walton here today. And our special guest is Ryan Trimbley, who lives here from, but he's from New England. That's right. That's when you hear him speak, because you'll be able to hear the car <laughs> and the bars. Nice. Yeah, Ryan is a, your drummer. Uh, I know singer-songwriter. You play guitar, you play keyboard, multifaceted yes. yeah. musician. And uh, also you, you work as an aux musician uh, I know, in, in Nashville as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And so, a dad. And a dad. And a husband. How many kids do mm-hmm. you have? Three? We have triplets. So three boys who are eight years old. Yeah. It's like raising Alvin and the Chipmunks. Uh-huh. Wow, that's fun. <laughs> it's like Robert yeah. Fiducia with triplets. Yes, yeah, Robert and I know each other. He's great. Yeah. So did you move down from New England when you had kids? When did you start? Or? So we did a majority of uh, that, that uh, initial work there as, as new moms and dads surrounded by a lot of family support in New England, which was important to have that, especially with the, the three kiddos at once. Uh, and then we moved to Nashville. The kids were born, I should say, in 2015. You had triplets? Yes, in 2015. Wow. You didn't hear that in the beginning? <laughs> were you not paying attention? No, I wasn't Did paying you not attention. take your medication? I, no. Come on. I didn't. Yeah, it's not kicking in today. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. It's all good. The, uh, the kids were born in 2015, and then we finally made the move to Nashville uh, in 2022. So we've been uh, here a little less than a year and a half at this yeah. point. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What, what brought you to Nashville? Like from New England, why would you come here? Well, to be living uh, now in the songwriting capital of the world, it, it's amazing. You know, that was always a dream of mine. Um, and even my, my grandfather, uh, as well, in retirement, he went into songwriting. And uh, my dad's a, a celebrated guitarist, entertainer, and songwriter in New England. And I felt like, for me, there was still that uh, itch to uh, scratch, if you will, uh, of being in a place where it was happening all the time, every day, so that way I could dig in and and, and have that be my full-time you mm-hmm. know, uh, career. And so to be surrounded by, by it uh, was always a dream of mine. Um, and in all the facilities, too, that you had mentioned, as a singer, as a songwriter, recording artist, right, to be where all the studios are, all the mm-hmm. co-writing is happening, um, and even session work as a drummer, percussionist, you know, touring opportunities, all that good stuff. Um, and then uh, my wife, she actually wanted to work at Vanderbilt as a speech pathologist. Um, okay. So she had landed that job uh, last summer, and that was really, really the the impetus for us to move when we did. And uh, it's just been awesome to be here now, raising our family uh, here in Music City, USA. I mean, it's uh, it's a it's literally a dream come true for us, and um. I'm sure that you you both can can uh, witness this as well when when you're surrounded by the energy that is here in this city and then you begin to travel everywhere else you take that with you and it's special mm-hmm. to be coming from here and then traveling back to here I love it I have to chuckle three kids it sounds familiar and then my wife is also um, speech and hearing science she's oh, an wow. audiologist oh awesome yeah so yeah you guys yeah. might be related. <laughs> Could be, yeah. It might be something genetic going on somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Ryan, y- y- being your what part of Rhode Island are you from? 
So originally Coventry, Coventry, Rhode Island, uh, lived there for majority of my uh, uh, young adult years, uh, got married to my beautiful wife, Elizabeth. Uh, we moved to West Warwick, and then we moved to Newport, which was really nice, uh, uh, technically Middletown, Rhode Island, um, uh, beautiful part of the state, Newport Jazz Festival, Newport Folk Festival. That's what that area is known for. So uh, we spent about six years there before moving to, to Nashville. Yeah, I lived in Newport. Really? Because I, I, wow. well, I, was, I was in the Navy band. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah. so my first, we had a nine-piece rock band that was stationed at Newport. That's awesome. Yeah. I never knew that. You guys but. might be related. We might be. <laughs> but it was so cold, man. Yes. I mean, yeah. the, the air coming off that, coming off the ocean in the wintertime was brutal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. I did one tour in New England. I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's beautiful. It's so you studied jazz? Yeah. So uh, jazz studies, instrumental performance uh, on drum kit was my major in college. And it was actually my drum teacher who had said, you know, if you're interested in getting to, into anything else other than drumming, I would recommend songwriting, too, just as kind of something that can always be with you and, and a part of your journey. And, and, and that's when it clicked for me as I was studying jazz to be interested in, you know, Christian music. And it was like a melting pot of things, mm-hmm. right? Um, the, the, uh, the, the, the songs that were beginning to flow after he he mentioned that were sort of uh, infused with this spiritual journey that I was on, especially at that time. And and yeah, soon before long, I graduated in uh, 2010 with, with that degree. And then uh, just a few months later, I came out with my first album that same year. So it was doing the schoolwork, but then very much having one leg out of school, knowing that once graduation came, yeah. I had to have... Was it a Christian album, the first one, or was it a... Yeah, yep. Okay. Christian, yep. So you've always done, felt the the call to do that? Yeah. Um, uh, So as I mentioned, my dad is a a celebrated entertainer, uh, uh, singer, uh, guitarist, and songwriter in New England. And he had a band when I was in college, and I drummed for that band. And the keyboardist in the band happened to be a Grammy-nominated songwriter. He wrote the song Wait for the Magic by Al Jarreau which had Steve Gadd on drums and Joe Sample, Marcus Miller, um, just a list of heavyweights. And, uh, and so I felt comfortable taking my initial songs to him, of course, to see how they were just, uh, you know, and, and, and he, he heard something not only in my songs, but he saw something in me as an artist. And he said, you know, it would be awesome if you were a Christian recording artist, but like a Christian Phil Collins. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. And so that's been the trajectory that I've been on pretty much ever since. And it's, it's, it's fit like a glove. It's been great to, uh, to have that dream in mind and, and coming to Nashville has actually allowed me to build that further, which has been, which has been great. Mm. We've had a lot of mainstream, uh, folks on too. And, and so there comes to be a debate. Is Christian music really necessary? So for you, you'd be having a focus on that, you know, what's the difference for you? you yeah. Know? Well, to talk from personal experience and, and specifically about my first album, right, and where that came from, I had read Rome Sweet Home by Scott and Kimberly Hahn. And in reading that book, Their Journey Home to Catholicism, I was compelled to jump into the faith and become a full-fledged practicing Catholic. So like going to confession, it had been my first time in six years that I had, had gone. And so 
got in there, confessed all the sins, was scared to death to do it, but then just felt this amazing peace and this grace afterwards that all that weight maybe that was on my shoulders had been lifted off, taken off. And again, the the songs began to flow from that place. And so when I look at at least that first release, it was very Christian and religious experiences that inspired it. And it was like one song after the other ended up being this beautiful concept album that I didn't know I was writing at the time from track one, Who Am I Without You, to track 10, My Life With You. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. when I take a look at... Um, you know, the evolution of, of my work as an artist and, and, and your original question, um, I have seemed to be able to, uh, uh, relax in my artistry as well to look at, you know, a love song for my wife in a Christian marriage, right. In a Catholic marriage and say that in and of itself is Christian, even though it's not Christian. To right. an extent, yeah, you it doesn't know? have the Christianese per se. It yeah. it may not rep- it may not say Jesus or God even in it, or or it may, but certainly faith is a strong theme in my music and and love and and so I think in that way, very much so. Um, even if I tend to write now, especially being in Nashville, more of what would be considered a country pop song, I love seeing that evolution of here I am as a Christian. And no matter what I write, Christian or not, it's going to inform. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's going to be at the foundation of the artistry. And so, when when you when you ask the question, you know, should it, should is there a difference? Is it necessary? I feel like whatever point a person is at, um, they should feel the permission to to uh, to express what it is that they want to express without judgment. So if it's, if it's Christian, then 110% go for it. If it doesn't have to be Christian, but it's still a love song, I think that has its place too. And and we can make these parallels. And, and, um, one song book that I particularly like is, uh, Rascal Flatts. Mm-hmm. I think Joel Alstein made the comment to Rascal Flatts, uh, one time that, um, uh, and I think Jay DeMarcus had actually said this on an interview once. He had said that Joel Alstein maybe went to a show and said, the people don't even know at that show that they're being prayed for or mm. that that sort of uh, uh, ministerial atmosphere maybe is is in the air. People might just say, oh, yeah, I'm going to see Rascal Flatts. And, but so much of that material is about God. It's about faith. It's about love. And so that's actually a songbook that I... Uh, really appreciate and um and sort of am modeling myself after in in some respects now that i'm here uh in nashville cool let's take a break and hear one of these tunes yeah yeah sure what would what would you start with awesome so this song is actually called headed to nashville and it's produced by jim riley the drummer and music director uh, from rascal flats oh excellent wonderful right. well here it is on living real nashville's hippie radio 94.5, we're talking with Ryan Tremblay, and here is his song to the title again. Headed to Nashville. Headed to Nashville. Music City is calling my name. I've got to go, got to make a change. Live the dream, do the best that I can 
Cause now's my time to be a man Headed to Nashville, I'm ready to go I'm headed to Nashville, gotta put on a show Headed to Nashville, I'm ready to sing I'm headed to Nashville, bring all I can bring From Little Road to Tennessee I'm gonna make some history For every crowd that's cheering my name All glory to God, for He is King Headed to Nashville, I'm ready in your home gone imagine no longer needing a junk drawer imagine everything put away in its place imagine your home totally organized let the professionals at closets by design organize your home office or garage they're experts in space management and specialize in maximizing the space that you already have whether it's your closet office pantry or garage no space is too big or too small Call locally owned Closets by Design for your free in-home no-obligation consultation. Find out how you can save 40% off their everyday low prices and get free installation. Call 615-261-8700. That's 615-261-8700. Or online at closetsbydesign.com. Welcome back to Living Real Radio. We just listened to Headed to Nashville Ryan Trembley, who is our guest, drummer, uh, multifaceted musician, singer, songwriter from New England, Rhode Island. Yes, yes, sir. Yeah. So uh, cool. So we were just talking about your journey, you know, coming from 
uh, Rhode Island down to Nashville with your family. Yeah. And uh, did you work for Tom Kenzie at all? Tom and I know each other well. We actually had the opportunity to play and perform at the 150th anniversary uh, Diocese of Providence uh, celebration that was specifically um, uh, geared towards Catholic school students. Uh So I got to play drums while Tom played keys, and we uh, played one of his amazing compositions with all of the students from the Diocese of Providence uh, singing on stage, and it was just, it was incredible. That was one of my last weekends of work uh, in Rhode Island, so very cool that you mentioned Tom, because uh, that was a uh, really sweet, sweet way to uh, leave the ocean state. We've had his his son Glenn Thomas on the show. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, awesome. And he's here. Have you seen Glenn? Glenn no, Thomas? not yet. Yeah, yeah, he's here. I, I think Glenn's kind of like a modern day Dan Fogelberg. Yeah, cool. If, if you like Dan, if you know who Dan Fogelberg is, yeah, yeah. Okay, just making sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> you young whippersnappers, <laughs> I don't know if you know these these, <laughs> these old guys, but anyway. Um, how do you balance family, ministry? Uh, you know, if the the main way you're making a living is out on the road, yep, that takes you away from home. How do you keep that balanced and and in, in your life? Yeah, that's such a great question, and I feel uh, that it has to be Jesus. It has to be God uh, first and foremost that's keeping it all together. Because I don't think there's a handbook on on how to do it, and I haven't read it. Uh, if there is. I wrote the one that had to do it wrong. <laughs> that's mm. that's available. <laughs> that's, that's just as valid because I mean, if you just do the opposite of what's in that book, you should you yeah. should be good, right? Yeah, you think. Um, but no, I think uh, I think uh, taking it slow, um, not comparing my journey to others. Mm-hmm. Um, being in Nashville, uh, a community that exists in many ways to support that very endeavor, right? And it's a very generous community. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, that's something that, uh, those are a few things that come to mind. Um, and and uh, so it's it's all by the grace of God. And, and, and I, I will say this, um, I asked my wife a couple of questions before we ended up uh, becoming bride and groom, and that was, uh, are you okay with me going on the road? And number two, are you open to life? Like, you know, without question. I thought you were going to say, are you okay with triplets? Right. Basically. Basically. (laughs) Are you open to a lot of life at once? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, and, uh, and, and certainly cause we were thinking along the lines of, of natural family planning and all that good stuff, which I don't know how natural the f- planning part of it is if you can end up with triplets, but that's for another podcast, I think. Um, but it, it's certainly, uh, it's something where her yes to those two questions, uh, it, it helped me to understand that this is going to be a relationship that is going to support those highs, those lows, whatever in, in the, uh, in the career path that I'm, that I'm choosing. Um, and maybe now's an important time too to mention, uh, Tai Chi, Tatiana Cameron, because that first album that I mentioned, uh, my life with you, uh, Tai Chi was the only person that I could remember when I was a teenager who came to a Catholic parish with her family, uh, with her husband and in a in a tour bus like vehicle 
and came and transformed our church culture for an evening, right? And so that happened when I was about 16 years old, Coventry, Rhode Island. She came to St. John and Paul Parish. And then some years went by, maybe about uh, close to uh, a little less than 10 years. And I had had my first album out at that point, My Life With You. And I saw that Tai Chi was coming to Warwick, Rhode Mm -hmm. Island, just a town over. And I said, I'm going to go see her show and I'm going to bring this CD and I'm going to tell her how much she's inspired me and just give it to her and see what happens. And uh, I gave, I gave her the CD and there was such a selfless um, spirit to Tai Chi. It wasn't, Oh, thank you. I'm going to put this CD away somewhere. And next person it was, wow, thank you for sharing your witness and your story with me. Um, Maybe there's a chance we could work together. And, a couple of months after that, she invited me out to Ohio, where she was living at the time, and she put on a, a show called New Generation, featuring Ryan Tremblay from Rhode Island. <laughs> she put that on the flyer, from Rhode Island. And uh, and then a bunch of other talented, talented artists, uh, young young uh, musicians uh, of the Catholic faith that, um, that, were, uh, that were all based in the Ohio area, right? And as a part of that, uh, fantastic show. Um, I presented her with an award. We actually took a trip to Nashville too. That was a part of the, she had a, a meeting with some uh, a record executives at that time. And we took the trip from Ohio to Nashville and back to Ohio, which was really cool uh, that she took me along for that journey. Uh, but I gave her an award uh, that I came up with myself um, called the Wor- the world's most inspiring artist award. And I presented that to her at the end of the show. I'm like, what a selfless artist, you know? To, yeah. To, she's really generous to, yeah. to, to, to do that for somebody. Right? right. Instead of saying, ah, you young guy, you know, uh, good luck. You know, it was, it was, you know, you're a part of this family and, um, and, and you're ready, you know, you're ready to do this. And so I, I have to say in a very real way, just watching Tai Chi, uh, Matthew, uh, her sons, watching that whole model and seeing that that could actually exist uh, despite its challenges, that's been something that has kept me going all these years, knowing that if I bring my family and in music into a church, I can inspire maybe that youth-oriented uh, person, the young adult uh, uh, in the audience, or f- all ages alike, you know, and, and um, so I think, I think in many ways, just having seen it been done, and uh, again, despite its challenges, um, and, and, and being invited into that, that's, that was a game changer, so cool. thanks, thanks to Tai Chi for that, and, and, yeah. and Matthew, God rest his soul, um, in so many ways, I, I aim to be the father, uh, you know, and, and, and husband that, you know, he was, right? Uh, somebody who showed up for the family and made that a part of the business model. It's, it's a tricky balance, but it's, it's doable. And, and, um, but all that to say, I have no idea what the next steps are. You it's, never know how the spirit's going to lead. Yeah. It's me thinking about mentors. You know, who, who mentored you, John? Uh, let's see who mentored me. People like Tom Kenzie, Gary Daigle, uh, you know them. You know Tom. I don't know if you know Gary. Do you know Gary Daigle? No, is? no. Gary's glory Gary, praise and praise. Well, yeah. yeah. Gary was um, uh, instrumental in, in my art. He was with GIA, but he was part of the Damien group. If you remember the Damien's, it was like the same time as the St. Louis Jesuits. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. They were like the, it was like uh, the, the Beatles and, and um, 
the Osmonds. <laughs> nice. God. Mm-hmm. The Osmond brothers. <laughs> you remember those days? Yeah. The Osmond Five or, or the Jackson Five and the, Jackson Five and yeah. the Osmond brothers. Yeah, that yeah. was a car. Anyway, never listen. So those were kind of uh, my influences um, growing up. There wasn't a lot. I have to. I mean, Carrie Landry was. Uh, um. He had, you know, um, gentlewoman and mm-hmm. and those kind of things. So when I was in grade school, the sister would play, uh, Sister Mary Leo would play these albums of, and God loved Carrie Landry. He is a gent- gentle, wonderful man, but his singing, dude, <laughs> it was it was painful it, <laughs> when we were kids, you know. But you know, the songs were wonderful. You know, you don't have to be a great singer to be a good songwriter. You, yeah, yes. Paul Williams can say, you know, so. He, he had that folksy kind of, you know, quick vibrato thing, yeah. You know, so when Greg and I were kind of getting into this, that was kind of the, the back end of that, of, of those guys, you know, even though the St. Louis Jesuits were still around and, and some of the Damien songs are still around, but we were kind of like in that next era of... <laughs> Catholic musicians trying to figure out what what we're doing, and um, mm-hmm. you know, so there was you know there was a balance between. I don't know how it is anymore because it's a whole different world. But you know, if you weren't writing liturgical songs, mm-hmm. songs for that were liturgical in nature, a publisher, a Catholic publisher, wouldn't talk to you because what are they going to do with the other song? Right. You know, they don't know how to publish a song that's not going into the hymn book that's what they do for but you know where the the christian market is different because uh it's not that it's bad or anything it's just different it's more like sunday's more like a concert yeah <laughs> you yep. know so therefore yep. the music is written in in a different and way. concert ministry seems more natural where it's a concert ministry in the catholic church not so that, much. yeah it doesn't yeah. seem natural <clears throat> you know it comes off like it's performance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's um um I don't know how we got on that track. I forgot to take my medicine. <laughs> <laughs> Rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were talking about mentors. Oh, yeah, mentors. Yeah, yeah mentors. Yeah. But I, when I look now, I look at how can I mentor others. Yeah. Right. You know, you and I have had a conversation before. And, yes. And any of the, uh, you know, upcoming folks here, we truly try to mentor uh, the young to stay active parish-wise, you know. Yeah. Not necessarily uh, to go out and be the artist on the road, but to inspire those that are in your parish so that they stay in the parish, so that the parish has music, you know, on yeah. and on beyond us, you know? Yes, that's huge. And, and um, so those kind of things, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there, there's a transition in life that happens when you get older. It's That sometimes can be a rocky transition going from the player to the coach. Yup, yup, yup. You know, where... We're, we're we're players, but we're leading into the coach world. Sure, mm-hmm. which is fine. Definitely, you know. Definitely, yeah. But you know, you guys, it's it's. I think the this generation of Catholic musicians, I'm, um, it, it's just a different world. You know, there's no product to sell, so we'd go. We'd have, I'd bring boxes and boxes of CDs. Yep. And therefore, you could, you know, you could make a living. You weren't, nobody was getting rich, but you were, if you could pay your bills yep, yep. and stay ahead yep. and get out and minister and, and bring people a message of hope and, you know, you were happy with that. That's all. But with no product, I don't know how y'all 
maybe you can speak on that. Yeah, so I definitely have product. I still have CDs, um, T-shirts, DVDs. Um, and it, what's funny is I've heard a lot of research done. Um, Leah McHenry is is someone who runs the Savvy Musician Academy, S-A-V-V-Y. And um, she makes her living exclusively online. She doesn't tour. And she said what's amazing is that people actually buy and still buy those products that many of us have been led to believe that aren't aren't selling you know she still is able to to move those and her philosophy is that it's because people still want a physical connection with you uh, even through the product somehow a physical representation of the connection um, with you as the artist if they're a super fan if they're all in you know, mm-hmm. um, and so what I find at concerts is after I'm done, uh, you know, performing, people will still very much, and especially after the shows, want to invest because they even want a moment. Uh, they want to purchase something so that way they can remember the moment, the experience that they just had, you know, at the show. And who would have thought that vinyl would come back? You know what I mean? Like the idea that, um, kind of back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the idea that, uh, you know, it would be a dream of mine now to put a vinyl out of my first album, you know? And so I, I still think it has value. Um, sometimes in, in, um, certain situations it could be seemed as, yeah, like passe, but, um, if you're going to hand someone a business card, you know, sometimes a CD, uh, I know in particular, this brings me to, to, um, to, to, to actually a project that I came out with entitled Trust. It's an EP for my sister Erica, who passed away from stage four inflammatory breast cancer. She was 14 weeks pregnant when she was diagnosed, and she heroically decided to keep the pregnancy instead of aborting the baby um, because, uh, well, doctors told her that, Erica, if you abort this pregnancy, we can maybe treat the cancer more aggressively. But if you keep the pregnancy, we're not going to be able to, you know, we're not going to be able to do as much. Mm. Um, what's it going to be? And she heroically decided to keep the pregnancy. And, um, on April 29th, 2015, she gave birth to our beautiful niece, Ella. And then it was two months after in June, June 23rd, 2015, just shy of two months later, uh, Erica breathed her last breath and, entered eternal life and um she passed away after i sang amazing grace my chains are gone so i brought that the the, i brought the guitar into the hospital room that day and sang her that song knowing the hearing was the last thing to go i was like she can hear me at least even though she's unresponsive right now and she opened her eyes after i sang that song was about to say something and then she ended up passing and um it was it was heartbreaking we still miss her every day there's actually a movie that my uncle um is just finishing wrapping up right now um called without a doubt and it's about my sister's story and wow. and I'm in there in the movie I played amazing grace reenacted that scene with the actress who's playing her and I'm one of the only characters in the movie along with my wife who actually were playing ourselves in real life but in the movie everybody else didn't experience you know, everybody else is a, is a hired actor or actress, but my uncle saw it from his perspective with enough enough distance to be able to write a film about it, um, and and with enough distance, but then being close enough to understand the details, right? Yeah. And um, and uh, and so when when I was making this record, uh, before this movie was even a dream, maybe, um, 
I made a record called Trust an EP for Erica. And what I thought would be so magnificent is if uh, when you open that CD up, that would it would have Erica's story in a timeline form. Uh, and so that anybody who buys that record, they actually get the story in their hands and mm. can, can, can follow along, you know, from, from my sister's, uh, original time here, even in Nashville, she was a, a intern for the Nashville Predators hockey team for a bit of time. So there's a picture of her like standing on the Ryman auditorium stage and, you know, posing with a guitar. And so that's the first picture her in Nashville. And then it, and then it, uh, transitions to like me and her after the diagnosis had come. And then finally like her and the baby, uh, Ella, our niece, Ella. And so to have that, I found, especially with CDs being a little bit more outdated, I thought this is a way to make the product so much more special so that somebody, if they have a CD player, sure they can listen to it. But even if they don't, they can kind of take take that journey and feel that journey in their hands. And so, um, that product is something that, you know, certainly still moves, um, you know, at concerts and such. And, um, but, um, but what I've been doing uh, recently, John is just releasing the digital singles Yeah. in hopes that after I have like 10, I'll just come out with an actual physical album. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of been my, my game plan so far. Yeah. That's an interesting story with your sister. Yeah, yes. I, I remember you telling me that before. What what was the song that, that, that I mean, besides My Chains Are Gone, you said it was a, called Trust or something? Sure. So there was, I, I guess, a few different titles there. Um, the name of the EP that I came out with is called Trust, an EP for Erica. The movie that's coming out about my sister is called Without a Doubt, and I also wrote the title track for that song that will be in the film. Can we hear that? Absolutely. You bet. Yeah. We want cool. the title track. Yeah. Is it Without a Doubt? <laughs> it is. Okay. Without a Doubt. Awesome. Okay, we're talking to Ryan Tremblay. This is Without a Doubt uh, from the film, Without a Doubt, about your sister's journey uh, and your journey. Uh, you're listening to Living Real on Nashville's Hippie Radio 94.5. Cried out to the silence looking for a sign Some hope to pull the light through And bring me back to life With the odds stacked against me I embrace the unknown I'm letting go of what I can't control Whatever may come without a
Welcome back to Living Real Radio. John Angotti here with Greg Walton and Ryan Tremblay. What kind of name is Tremblay? Where, where, where's that nationality from? French-Canadian. And when I'm in Canada, at Deacon Pedro, he'll say Tremblay. Ryan Tremblay. Yeah. And, and then in America, it's Tremblay. So I go either way. Oh, you know Deacon Pedro. Oh, Deacon Pedro's the man. So, uh, John, I met Deacon Pedro the same year that we met at World Youth Day, and it was at the same event. You guys were both, uh, you know, in... Uh, in Toronto? No, um, Poland. In Poland. Oh, Poland, at sorry. The, at, at the Mercy Arena, I believe, yeah. in, in Krakow. Yeah. Um, so I met you and Deacon Pedro on the same day. How about that? <laughs> it was awesome. Deacon Pedro Guevara, He met two bald guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, you know, and we've talked to... To Deacon Pedro too, you know, that uh, Salt and Light Media, yes, which is basically you know the media, the Catholic media company for Canada, um, and that really came to fruition because of World Youth Day in Toronto, okay, know, wow. Canada. Um, yeah, he was uh, the kind of the the talent scout for the music. He booked me um, and stuff, but uh, yeah, and with that he. He kind of got a vision of where this could go. So that's kind of a fruit of that World Youth Day. It's pretty pretty remarkable. It is. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. So, Ryan, as we kind of, this last segment here, um, let's talk about your faith. What do you talk about when you go out and do parish missions? Um, how do you help others come to um, increase their own faith along the way? What is... Mm-hmm. What, what, what is your approach? Because in this world today where we're losing, you know, people, you know, it's just, a, it is what it is. You know, the, the world's in a crazy place, wars, you know, threats. You know, now we're getting into this political scene coming in this, this year. And, yeah. and, you know, everybody's going to, it seems like it's always based on fear, you know, and make everybody afraid and, you know, where do you bring hope? How do you bring hope and a message of joy in times of chaos? Mm-hmm. That's a great question, John. And I feel like... Um, Didn't mean to throw that on you like that, yeah, bro, but... Dude, that's oh, heavy. It's, it's, <laughs> man. I mean, sorry. We're going to take a commercial break right now. Yeah. And to, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I think that uh, it's a brilliant question and, and, and I'm happy to answer. I think that... Um, in terms of uh, songwriting uh, alone, it's a very mysterious thing, right? When uh, I'm sure both of you can 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 witness to this when you're just driving along, or it's in the middle of the night and an idea comes to you, right? And it's like divinely ins- inspired, and you are the messenger in a sense. You are the first to hear it, and it's your duty to 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 record it on the on the phone or whatever the case may be, right? And, and, and to, and, and to bring it into life, right? There's a tremendous responsibility there. And I've been through that process, uh, quite a few times now where I've, I've been able to hear something, right? As we, we all have, and, and then you record it and then you share that with somebody and it helps them heal. Uh, it opens up a pathway to healing for that person, right? That is a miracle that, 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 so uh, I feel like it's, uh, I feel like uh, we are so blessed as writers to to uh, to have that great responsibility to to bring that hope and that inspiration forward, um, and so in performing songs, 
the emotion that you can put into it, uh, I think, in your own voice and how that makes people feel something, like a real energy, like it's all it's all amazing and, and beyond me how it, how it happens. Um, I think it's truly God's work. So, so just performing those songs of healing that have come to me first and been healing in my own journey, that keeps me going. The fact that that can happen, that's just amazing. And then in terms of the speaking, it seems as though whenever I'm asked to speak, um, my story seems to be one of beating the odds. Doctors told my wife and I that we had a 1% to 2% chance of conceiving a baby. Wow. Um, Is that doctor fired? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and uh, before that, my family told me I had a 1% to 2% chance of getting married. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> That's another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so I got married. We had triplets. And, uh, you know, uh, it's... And I should say that the the part of the story about my sister, right? She was going through that that extreme trial in 2015. She passed away in June, and we had our triplets in August of that same year. And when you think about the extreme low, or originally like the extreme high, because my sister was pregnant, right? We were all happy for her. It was like amazing that she was going to have a second child. Um, it was an extreme high to an extreme low. And then my sister was given that news about the cancer. The same week we were told that statistic of we, that we had a one to 2% chance of having a baby. And my sister t- said to me, she said, numbers schmumbers, watch what God does with this. And we ended up going on a vacation. And after the vacation, we came back and my wife was pregnant with triplets and we were on our journey, you know, of extreme joy again, you know, and yet we had this, this extreme, you know, uh, uh, sorrow with, with what my sister was going through. So I feel like people are very inspired to hear that story from someone, myself, my wife included, if she uh, speaks with me because sometimes we'll do events as husband and wife, both singing together and speaking together. Um, people are very interested in hearing those stories from our perspective, um, mixed with the music that touches people in ways that this, I think words alone can't. Um, and, <clears throat> and, uh, and, and, and then, uh, you know, sort of life after that, um, you know, us moving to Nashville again, beating the odds. It's not like my whole family was like, yay, you're going to move to Nashville. It was more like, what are you doing? I can't believe you're taking our grandbabies away. Like, yeah. you know, it was, it, there was, it was, I, I read the other day that, uh, faith is a journey, not a guilt trip. And, uh, and I, 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 I can't help but, but feel like a, a part of our story was being made almost to feel good guilty. I'm not going to mention any specific names, but it was like, yeah. yeah and, and it was like, you know, what are you, what are you doing? Like, how dare you have an adult dream and a life and something you want to chase? So I think that's thrilling for audiences to hear that we said, yeah, what the heck, despite all the odds, let's, let's go for it. You know, we, uh, so I think the themes of trust in real life situations, challenging situations, things that people face every day, people love hearing that message. Uh, it gives them hope and and, uh, and, and there's also my own, you know, faith journey, uh, that Rome sweet home story. I mean, I, I used to tour with a band <clears throat> before I got married 
for like four years called the Ultrasonic Rock Orchestra out of Boston. The largest crowd we had played in front of was 7,000 people. But um, as I was out there performing those shows, something felt like it was missing inside of me. Like I didn't feel authentic, I suppose, when I was in those moments uh, performing with that band all the time. I felt like there was more that I was meant for, you know. And um, and so people are intrigued by that story alone. I, I often talk about that, how I was living the rock star life. And if I showed people pictures of the band, huge band, huge crowds, touring, and, and yet, <clears throat> you know, there was still something more. And it was when that band ended uh, in a sense, uh, at least my run with the band, that my Christian journey as an artist began to sprout and, and, and began. So that leading into family life, uh, leading into where I am now, traveling internationally, it's um, it's all been a gift. It's all been a blessing. And, and um, so those are some of the, I know that was a long question, but, uh, or sorry, it, was, it wasn't a long question. It was a long answer to a great question. Um, but <clears throat> how do you, uh, how do you talk to people who, uh, are struggling believing in God, though. I mean, or, yeah. or even struggling with, you know, why do I need to go to you, you, your church? You know, if you're if you're out giving missions, which you are and stuff. How do yep. you? What, what what do you what do you tell folks that are struggling with uh, issues with their children, um, issues with their uh, e- even believing that what you're experiencing it is is something that's relevant and real and true. When you're looking around you and you're seeing the people that are a part of that are the meanest people you've ever met in your life. And they're saying, come, you know, this is the, we, 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 this is the way. And you're like, but then you have these other people who are struggling with that. How do you help the strugglers? Yeah. What, what do you say to help people, you know, dive deeper into their Catholic faiths? In other words, why is it? Why is it important to you? What does it mean to you at the core? Well, you know, basically maybe what I'm asking is, why do you believe this in the first place? And what does it matter? And why does it make a difference? And how do you show others that it can make a difference in their lives? Yeah, I feel like when you've exhausted so many other um, solutions to what it is that you may be struggling with and... um, Maybe I should say this in the perspective of myself because I was someone who exhausted, you know, uh, solutions that weren't actual solutions, but maybe I thought they were to to issues I was feeling inside. Um, And then you take a look at the Eucharist and you take a look at confession and you take a look at what happens every week um, all across the world, not just in the country, but across the world and how even though it might not feel like it, we truly are one family, for better or for worse, united um, under the Pope's leadership, and and that that leadership can be traced back to Jesus himself. To me, getting in the rhythm of that, it was liberating. It was beautiful. It was a chance for me to begin again from scratch, as Pope Francis talks about. Mm-hmm. And so I suppose, as we talk about this, it's that it's that chance for mercy. It's that it's it's that chance that I was given, and the chance that maybe if I talk about how I was forgiven, and I was mm-hmm. given that opportunity to start over in a real way, yeah. that then maybe or not just maybe, everybody has that same chance. And it's what you do, I find, with that opportunity, that maybe makes all the difference. 
we can accept it or we can reject it. And if we accept it, I find that it just, it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's, it's like eternal life before we get there. Mm. Whereas if we reject it, we cut ourselves off from that solution again, that, that true solution to, um, to anything. And, 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 and it's a great question that you asked John about war and everything that's going on. I'm not one to necessarily watch the news a lot. And because of that, I might be a few steps behind. Um, but eventually if there's an issue that's big enough, certainly we all hear about it. And like I said, I might not be the first to hear, but I really try to protect as best I can that space, that spiritual space that I feel like I can access in some ways within. Um, I, I try to, I try to protect that, um, in moments of quiet, in moments of prayer, in moments of reflection. And, and if I'm if I'm out in the chaos of something or if something were to happen, just to remind myself that I can get in touch with that relationship with God yeah. inwardly, that gives me the courage and the strength to face whatever I might be facing on the outward. Uh, and, and I have to say that it's almost those experience of highs and lows that bring you to your tribe, maybe, mm-hmm. or that bring you to the people that you're meant to work with, you know, that help you to maybe find the synergy mm-hmm. that you belong having with, with others. It, it's, yeah. it, you know, uh, I think what we're talking about really is God as a source of resilience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, right. And, uh, both you and Tatiana, you know, um, have dealt with some intense tragedy in your yeah. life. Yeah. And, and, and so you, you asked that question, why? And, and uh, yeah, I was just, I, I like to think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? So what there is, is there's, there's different levels. There's, there's our physiological needs, you know, so we have people struggling with, who are unhoused. We have safety needs. Maybe home's not a safe place or, or mm-hmm. um, don't have love and belonging. You know, they're a marginalized community or, or don't have respect. But something at the top of that pyramid is what's called self-actualization. And that's like being the best that, that we can be. And it's interesting because while we, we make a hierarchy, we say we have to hit these bottom things first before we can get to the top. The top can be a source of resilience mm. that helps us through those struggles and those deficiencies in our lives mm. at the same time. It's, there's, it's, you know, I don't think there's one over the other. But, but I think that's what really you're capturing here is, is, is how... Um, God and that extravagant love um, may not fix everything, but definitely carries us through everything. Yeah. And yeah. 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 And um, then you write a song about it. Yes. 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 And sometimes the song is a release. Yeah. Right. For ourselves as songwriters, we're struggling with something and then the melody comes and the words come. And then uh, because of that, we are we are somehow healed of maybe what we were going through temporarily or we, we sing that and it's a reminder long term, you know, and, and then it goes out and touches people in a way that they needed to hear. It's it's a miraculous thing and yeah. and um when you're in the mundane parts of it, being maybe booking or the logistical pieces, yeah. it's easy to forget that when you're given those moments of grace to actually be with an audience that, you know, it's all worth it. Yeah, and yeah. you're providing some <laughs> resilience for them. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
I just think about like, you know, Martin Luther King, faith was a center part of, yeah. you know, of the civil rights movement, you yeah. know? Yeah. Well, Ryan, you, you, you're definitely on a journey, bro. And, uh, uh, happy for you and, uh, continued success and keep on the path. And, you know, you got brothers here, you got family all around to, to support you. What's next on the journey? What are you, what are you releasing? We only have a couple minutes left. So what do you, where can people find you? Where can they find the music and all that kind of stuff? Sure. So my name is Ryan Tremblay. The last name is T-R-E-M-B-L-A-Y. And my website is ryantremblaymusic.com. And I mentioned my dad earlier in the interview. I'm really proud of a song that we just released uh, on October 20th, my birthday, called Like Father, Like Son. Oh. I saw that on your webpage. Yeah. And my dad actually made his first appearance as a recording artist on that song. I said, you know, I owe you so much, Dad, of, you know, who I am today musically and just as a husband, father, and because of his great example. And um, so I said, come on, c come guest on this song. And he killed it. He crushed the, the second verse. And it, on his birthday, November 30th, we're going to be releasing the acoustic version of that song. So, all right, but we get this version today, right? Yes, you're gonna get the uh, you're gonna get the, the the version that's out uh, now, uh, and okay. um, I'm excited about a an, a live album and DVD that I recorded at Holy Rosary Academy in Nashville, Tennessee, a place where I worked last year. Um, and Jim Riley, the music director and drummer for Rascal Flatts basically uh, hired on my behalf Gary Lavox's backing band, and we were able to perform for 400 students at that school, and it was just amazing. So that's being, it was multi-tracked and recorded live, so we're oh, going to release live, you know, Ryan Tremblay and his all-star band live from Nashville, Tennessee, uh, uh, maybe not this year, but probably into next year. So um, I'm excited just to be able to build that that brand out from solo artist to solo artist with a band and so much of that I owe to Nashville and yeah, um, that's great and all y'all as they say <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice don't forget to park your car <laughs> yeah near the bar <laughs> yeah anything from St. Philip well yeah uh, Living Real is a ministry of St. Philip Catholic Church in Franklin Tennessee so you can go to ryantremblingmusic.com you can also go to stphilipfranklin.com that's stphilipfranklin.com to see what we're about learn more about us Okay, well, that's it. So the name of the song is Father and Son? Like Father, Like Son. Like Father, Like Son. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for being on here. Continued success. Folks, if you're looking for music or looking for uh, somebody to give presentations at schools or at your parish, you can check out Ryan. He'll be glad to answer the phone. So you're listening to Living Real Radio on Hippie Radio 94.5. Always go out and smile at somebody. God bless. You were there from the start The God of the garden It was always your heart To be with your children Your love never changed just couldn't see it So you showed us your face And you gave us Jesus There on the cross 
the truth of your goodness There in His eyes Every light just fades away You've shown us your heart We know who you are Like Father, like Son Take it away, Dad. You never stop chasing You never gave up No matter my wandering You only have love Calvary's calling We're guilty no Want us home now? You wait at the door. There on the cross, poured out for us the truth of your goodness. There in His eyes, every light just fades away. Teaching me about Jesus. Anytime, son, it's the most important thing to know. You've been listening to Living Real Radio, real issues in real time with your host, John Angotti and Greg Walton. Be sure to tune in every Sunday at 8 a.m. to Living Real Radio. Living Real Radio, brought to you by Closets by Design. Imagine your home totally organized. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 615-261-8700. That's 615-261-8700.